I got a call from one of my investors and I said, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Uh, <laughs> and what he said was companies grow in the times of crisis. So this is your time to grow. This is when you need to expand. So that was a pivotal moment in the middle of the pandemic when everyone is thinking that they're going to close. Here we are getting energy from an investor saying, no, just don't even think about that. Just grow. Grow, 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 grow. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everyone, Jason Patria here, and welcome to week three of 2024, and we're on season five of the Lead With Your Brand podcast. Now, we have an awesome guest on the show today. It is Mauricio Simbeck, the CEO of Milagros de Mexico and Milagros Medical. But first, are you ready for the Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge? You know, 2024 is your year to own your career, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And now is the perfect time to use our five steps of the lead with your brand system to build your winning personal and professional brand. Now, here's how you can take action. The first thing you want to do is make sure that you have subscribed to the lead with your brand podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Then each week here in January, I want you to listen to the show, listen to our teach, and listen to the fabulous guest to learn about one of our five steps to lead with your brand. Now, after the show, come and visit us at jasonpatria.com slash new year so you can grab your free downloadable worksheet that you can take what you've heard on the show and put into action to build your brand. Now, by the end of January, you will have a draft of your very own brand book like all of those awesome brands out there that is going to help guide you on how you are going to show up throughout 2024. Now, in addition, you will hear from amazing executives, leaders, and changemakers from the worlds of tech, media, entertainment, and more as they share their best career advice and personal branding insights to help you kick off the year. So let's talk about your brand and the lead with your brand new year challenge. I want you to ask yourself this in your career. Are you coffee or are you Starbucks? That's right. In your career, are you a boring old commodity that is interchangeable with other people? Because frankly, thousands of people do our jobs. Or are you that super premium brand like Starbucks that people are waiting to wait in line for 
and pay more for. So if you want to be a super premium brand, we are going over the five steps to lead with your brand. Now, the first week of January, we talked all about step one, which is super serving your super fans by defining your career audience. Last week, we talked all about being uniquely you by knowing what you authentically stand for today. And this week, I'm going to look at step number three, which is all about supersizing your brand by refining who you want to be. Now, if you missed out on any of our first two steps, do not worry. Just go and listen to the podcast. Visit us at jasonpatria.com slash brand new year, and you can catch up on week one and two. But here we go. It's time to supersize your brand by refining who you want to be. Now, if you want to be that super premium brand, you can't describe yourself with coffee or commodity-based words. Now, I will tell you, this is all about that great brands have powerful language that they use to describe themselves. Now, over a decade ago, I worked on the brand of the Los Angeles LGBT Center, which is the world's largest organization serving the LGBTQ plus community. And we had to work on our brand for about a year because, quite frankly, everyone thought of us as a really small community services center and not the leader in advocacy and service in our community. And when we looked at supersizing our words after listening and talking to and hearing surveys and focus groups of all of our clients and our donors and the community, we came up with these supersized words. We said, we are compassionate. We are strong. We are inspirational. We are relentless. You know what? When I was working with the team over at Oxygen, and this is before Oxygen was crime all the time, this was Oxygen of the Bad Girls Club and Tori Spelling and all of those great shows like Snapped, right? And at Oxygen, they said, you know what? We are independent. We are emotional and we are sexy. You know, they weren't saying like, ooh, we're a team player. Ooh, we're collaborative. Ooh, we're all of these things. Because guess what? All of those words that we throw around at work, those are just coffee words because quite frankly, who at work isn't collaborative? Who isn't a team player? You may authentically and uniquely be those things, but you've got to supersize them. Now, guess what? You are creating a word bank here because the bottom line is at Oxygen, while they said, yes, we're independent, we're emotional, and we're sexy, they actually had a whole bank of words that supported those. So when they said we are independent, it said, hey, and that includes that we are are free, self-sufficient, opinionated, confident, in control, with attitude. When they said, we are emotional as that supersized word, they backed it up by saying, and that includes being energetic and moving and expressive and open and thrilling. When they said, we are sexy as their supersized word, they said that includes being shiny and glossy and edgy and interesting and vibrant 
different and pop culture and buzzy, right? You want to create that big, supersized word that you can own, and then you want to fill it in with the which includes words. Now, you all know that I loved working with my friends over at Bravo when they were transforming their network into the buzzy pop cultural icon that it is today. And way back when they were doing that Bravo brand, they said, hey, we are things like we're fun, we're witty, we're entertaining, we're inventive, we're original, we're stylish, we're bold, we're breezy. Now, I love that you want to have that word bank of words that it includes. And I love that Bravo said there are some things that we're never Because quite frankly, remember, when you supersize those words, you want to determine what's in scope and out of scope. What is it that maybe you're going too far and you've fallen out of brand? So let me give you an example. At the old Bravo, they said, we are fun, but you know what? We're never silly. That's where it crosses the line. We are witty, but we're never sarcastic. We're bold, but we're never offensive. And I love this. We're smart, but not academic. Even they said we are sexy, but you know what? Where it crosses the line is vulgar. So they were able to create a word bank of this is who we are supersized, which includes a whole set of words that they can use throughout all of their marketing tools. And they were clear in saying, and this is what we're never. We all know when we cross the line that we want to be sexy, but when it becomes vulgar, it is off-brand and quite simply, not Bravo. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, Jason, I get this. This is how a TV network or a consumer product can brand themselves. But, you know, last week, I, I came up with a whole set of words that describe me when I thought about what type of car I might be, right? And so what I want you to do is take those words that are uniquely you, and now we are going to turn up the volume. We are going to go through that McDonald's drive through because those words cannot be small. They cannot be medium. They cannot be large. They have to be supersized so that you can uniquely own them. So let me give you an example. I went out and when I've been working on my brand over the past 25 years, here's the type of things that were uniquely me, right? The authentic Jason is entertaining, right? The authentic Jason is a good presenter. That's what people would say. The authentic Jason is really well networked and uh, innovative and well-traveled. And people would always say, well, you you know, we come to you on diversity things because you've got so much LGBTQ plus uh, knowledge and all of those things. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, that's uniquely Jason. Of course it is. But when I kind of shopped it around and told people, people would say like, oh, that's so you. Oh, and you know what? That's so me too. And I thought, well, if people are saying that's so me too, then I'm not really standing out from the crowd. Now, I don't want to try and be something that I'm not, but I knew I needed to supersize those words. So what did I do? I started peeling the onion and I would ask people and say, hey, you say that I'm a good presenter and that I'm 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 fun and entertaining. Well, tell me about that because, you know, everyone that does keynote speaking, everyone that does training and those things, like those are just kind of the basics. And people would say like, oh, well, Jason, you know what? You always put on a show for us, right? Everything is like a production. 
production for you, whether it's, you know, virtual or in person. You know what? It's like you you can herd cats. You're the person that can get 3,000 people in a room to stand up and do a group selfie. You're like at the circus, right? A three-ring circus. You are the ringleader. And I suddenly thought to myself, yeah, you know what it is? I bring the show. I am a showman. Ultimately, that's what it is that I do. And then other people would say, oh, Jason, you know what it's like when you told those stories about working at Bravo or when you talked about working with that team over at Telemundo, like when you told that story about being early in your career over at Disney, it just really resonated with us. And people would tell me all about these stories. And I realized, you know what it is? It's not that I'm just a good presenter. It's really that I'm a storyteller. And when I thought about it even harder, I realized, you know what? I've been to Toastmasters before, which is an amazing nonprofit organization, right? All around the world that helps people become better presenters. When I've been at Toastmasters, they give me a lot of critical feedback. In fact, they will give me a sheet of paper with tick marks that says, this is how many times you said like in your presentation. And I thought about it. You know what? From a technical perspective, I make mistakes all of the time when I'm presenting, but you know what makes me a unique presenter and uniquely Jason? It's the fact that I'm really a storyteller. So I supersized all of my words. Instead of being fun and entertaining, I'm a showman, right? Instead of just being a good presenter, I'm a storyteller. Instead of being innovative, I'm actually a first mover, the first one to jump onto the bandwagon, the first one to try things. Instead of being well-networked, which by the way, everyone who works in Hollywood is, I'm a super connector that connects people and I connect the dots on ideas. And you know what? I just don't have a whole bunch of diversity knowledge. I'm really an advocate for people. And yes, I'm well-traveled like a lot of other folks, and I'm a road warrior. But you know what? I love it, and I love the glamour of it, and I'm a jet setter. So I want you to take those words that you came up with last week, and you've got to turn up the volume. Now, peel the onion and ask yourself, what is it that people really see you do or hear you say? What are they responding to? And let's get out of having those HR-ish type of words, right? You want to have uniquely ownable, supersized words. And guess what? You can make them up. In fact, I've worked with one of my favorite people. Uh, Her name is Kaylee. I worked with her when she was, you know, in one of her first corporate rotations. She was one of my favorite people to work with, but her supersized word is confident. It's the combination of being calm and confident. And as a young woman working in entertainment, I would always look at her and say, oh my gosh, how is it that she is able to get really difficult talent, really difficult executives to like actually follow what she does? And she basically did it because she was calm and confident at the same time. So guess what? Her supersized word was confident. Now, I want you to think about those supersized words and then take all of those words you created last week and put them into your which includes bucket. So I say things like, I'm a showman, which includes being dynamic, commanding, colorful, inspirational, entertaining, magnetic, and fun. And then just like Bravo, I also determine where that goes overboard because then I'm never a braggart. 
arrogant, show off, or corny. If anyone's describing me in those ways, I know I've gone off brand. I say that I'm something like a storyteller, which includes being engaging, interactive, conversational, emotive, experiential, and inviting, and it's never boring, long-winded, academic, evangelistic, or preachy. Even when I say I'm a first mover, I say it includes being innovative and imaginative and creative, original and fast, but never risky, unrealistic, brash, or pushy. So that is your challenge for this week. And you can go to jasonpatria.com slash new year, where you can download your super size worksheet. Now let's get to our awesome guest. Today, I am talking to Mauricio Simbeck, the CEO of Milagros de Mexico and Milagros Medical, a retail chain that provides health and wellness products to the Latino community. Now, Milagros was selected to participate in Goldman Sachs' 10,000 Small Businesses Program and was also one of only 12 small companies across the country selected by Chase Bank to receive a Mission Main Street grant. Now, before co-founding Milagros, Mauricio was the CEO of Farmacia Remedios, a bilingual pharmacy chain based in San Francisco serving Hispanic consumers, and he spent over six years at HEB, the multi-billion dollar privately held supermarket chain in Texas and northern Mexico. We'll be back in just a few moments with Mauricio Simbeck. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We have an amazing guest with us today. It is Mauricio Simbeck, who is the co-founder and CEO of Milagros de Mexico. Mauricio, what is going on? Hey, Jason. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Every time that we start a new year, all of our customers and patients, they want to start a healthier year. Uh, And we're here to serve uh, Latinos. Uh, Jason, really my passion and my brand is all about helping Latinos in the U.S. Uh, be healthier. Uh, and uh, a lot of them have significant challenges uh, to navigate their health journey when they come to the U.S. So, again, at Milagros in Mexico and also our, in our clinics, they're called Milagros Medical. We're all about the bringing health, wellness, and medical services for an underserved uh, population. Yeah. And now, Mauricio, talk to me. You are constantly out in the community, right? The community that you serve in terms of your customers, but also your funders and all of your stakeholders and your partners that help bring healthcare to uh, the Latino or Latinx community. Talk to me, when you first meet people, how do you explain who you are and what it is that you do? So I, I tell them, of course, that I'm, I'm, I'm a Latinx, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Latino uh, that saw this need to serve the, our community in terms of their health. Mm. Um, I'll show you a story. Back when I was working in, in, in Texas um, in a grocery chain, I saw that a lot of our customers were eating really badly. 
and they were becoming, uh, they were just gaining weight and developing chronic conditions like diabetes and hypertension. So based on, on, that, on that experience, I decided to do something on my own to become an entrepreneur, leave corporate America. Uh, I was, I was having, it was a great job. It was paying me really well. Uh, of course, I had by then I had three uh, small children, and and I decided to embark on this uh, journey of uh, which is a wild ride of entrepreneurship here in the yeah. U.S. Uh, and because it's all about serving uh, my community, my people. Uh, so I tell them that I share the story of, of me of serving the need, and then try to do something. That something led um, my business partner and I to launch a retail chain. Uh, with uh, wellness products, herbs, remedies, vitamins, supplements, and then lately we began adding medical services. So, but again, mm. it's 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 what I observe. Uh, what what are the needs that the market has, and then how can I fulfill those needs? Yeah. And so, Mauricio, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is that you have just this really unique and interesting career path to becoming a CEO and a co-founder because you actually came to the U.S. to go to school and then you had a whole corporate career. So talk to me when you think back over your career what have been some of those kind of key breakthrough moments that helped lead you to where you are today? Yeah. So Jason, so probably do not know this, but I got a law degree in Mexico. So I, oh, I, was, wow. I was an attorney in Mexico. I went to the UNAM, which is uh, the National University of Mexico City. Uh, I became an attorney. But back then, Mexico began opening its uh, trade to the rest of the world. So I saw yeah. the influx of, of the trade and, and I just really got enamored by the business world, even though I was an attorney. I said, you know what? The business world is more dynamic. Uh, I'll keep my friends from law school. And then I decided to join a small company uh, in Mexico, doing a trade with the U.S. and representing brands from the U.S. and Mexico. I realized that I was lacking some of the business uh, foundations, and that's when I decided to apply to an MBA program here in the U.S. Uh, I got super lucky, and, and they, I got into uh, Harvard Business School. Yeah, uh, it was really it was it was really difficult for me because I didn't have the business foundation that a lot of some of my classmates have. Uh, but it was an amazing experience, and that led me to a great job in retail in Texas. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I learned a lot from 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 that company. That company is called HEB. Uh, it's an amazing it's an amazing uh, chain. I had uh, great mentors. Um, uh, Ken, I remember Ken uh, Allen. Uh, he really uh, walked me through just the, how complex a grocery chain is with supply chain, with retail stores, the culture, and I learned a lot from them. And then um, I decided to embark on this uh, journey, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I was super lucky that I had mentors from from my business school. Uh, Linda Applegate uh, is a professor there who yeah. uh, teaches entrepreneurship, and Linda. Uh, really uh, gave me uh, the encouragement to become an entrepreneur. Um, they, they give you these frameworks that you can use uh, to start your journey. Um, so I mean, have, having those mentors, Jason, has been uh, crucial. I also have another group of friends uh, who are also CEOs, and they where we share all of our ups and downs. Because what I can share with you is that as an entrepreneur, uh, the peaks and valleys are, are pretty steep, uh, but nevertheless uh, joyful. 
Yeah. And so Mauricio, talk to me. You're working at, you know, a major supermarket chain here in the United States. You know, you're on a career path. You're, you know, you were in a a management um, program there. So what was that moment for you where you were like, nope, I'm I'm done with corporate America. I'm going to go out on my own because that's a big jump, right? Correct. I think that for me, that moment was when the company was asking me um, to go to Mexico. Back then, HEB was expanding to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, it's not that it was, it was it, you knew that or, or, or you're out, uh, but it was that was my path. Uh, mm. I had been, from Me- been a Mexican, now trained here in the U.S., that that would be part of, the, of their Mexican division. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard for me to... Um, to decide not to do that because on the one hand, I wanted to go back to my country uh, and, and, and apply all the learnings in, in my own country. On the other hand, of course, I had my family uh, here, my yeah. wife, my three kids, that it was hard. It was going to be hard for me to uh, just uh, move them uh, to Mexico. Uh, and then I saw the big growth of the Latino market here in the U.S., Jason. So that yeah. really, that was, a, that was a, um, a defining moment that was, you know what, I, I can... I can still help my people without leaving the U.S., which I ah. which I, I love living here. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a defining moment. It was it was hard. Uh, of course, I leaned on my wife. Uh, I leaned on on my mentors. This uh, a person from from Harvard Business School, um, Linda Applegate, uh, that they helped me make that decision. Of course, at the end, it was my decision, but they they shared with me the pros and cons. But yes, it was. It was a big breakthrough. It was, a, it was a defining moment, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And what was the best piece of advice that Linda gave you uh, when you embarked on being an entrepreneur? I think the biggest piece of advice uh, is make sure that you have very practical. They have enough savings that if you do if your if your venture doesn't pan out, that you are not in bad financial shape. Mm. So that's something that I always tell. Every entrepreneur that I that I meet said, "Hey, um, um, it just be the, the only word caveat of, of cautiousness is that if it, if your business doesn't pan out, that you're not out in the cold, uh, and it's and it's tough because you get enamored by uh, the, the the notion of becoming an entrepreneur, and you think everything's going to go well, and if it doesn't go well, then you need you need to face reality and you need to pay your mortgage or your rent." Uh, so that's that. So Linda said, you know what, um, you, you, I wish you all the best and I'll teach and I'll give you all these frameworks and all this advice, but you, you want to make sure that you, that you have enough savings yeah. uh, in case your, your business doesn't pan out. Yeah. Well, and luckily your business panned out, but talk to me, what got you from sort of startup to being a successful sort of chain of services? So uh, it's it's just one store at a time. So I think a few, a few things. One, making sure that each of our locations is successful yeah. uh, and that it's profitable. Uh, it's not easy, right? Because it, uh, in retail, it's location, location, location. So how can you make sure that every one of your locations is, is the right one? Secondly, that you have the right people leading each of your locations. And, and so the people who have the same passion, have the same values. We, we mostly have women. Uh, as our managers, uh, really mm. hardworking, very responsible. Um, uh, their egos are not as big as us, us as men, uh, <laughs> and, and just to create, great, uh, great, great teamwork. So having the, the right people, and of course, uh, being different. 
uh, how why why is Milagros in Mexico different than than other than other companies? And and what I learned at HEB was it's all about the culture that you build in mm. your company. So uh, I really uh, brought a lot of the best practices from HEB, treating your your, um, your employees really well, uh, giving them recognition often, of course, paying them well, uh, being fair, being a servant leader. Uh, that's what I learned, um, that you are supporting your your stores uh, when you're in, the, you're in the corporate because they are the ones who make things who are making things happen. Uh, so I'll begin once for a time, the right people, the right culture. Um, and then that it's been it's been 12 years, Jason. So it hasn't been like uh, like an instant growth, but uh, <laughs> it takes time. Uh, but with with a lot of perseverance and 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 and, and being strong when you when you face obstacles, I had a really uh, another mentor, uh, Tom Stenberg. He was a founder of Staples. Uh, he was an amazing human being. Uh, he was a big fan of mine. Uh, he was older, and he said, "Mauricio, uh, you just trust yourself. Trust yourself." When I began. Staples, a lot of people did not think they could build a giant by selling uh, office supplies. Yeah, uh, and and here I am. I I I I, I did it uh, when I entered the LA market. The, the stock plunged because there's a lot of competition in LA. But I told my board, just trust me. So so Tom, uh, he sadly passed away a few years ago, but he was a great great mentor, and he said, just keep going. Uh, every every day is a new day. You have to have a good network of, of of mentors and peers who can help you in those tough times. Um, so the, the, there were some dark days, but uh, they're past. And I'm sure there will be there will be some more challenges in the future as we keep growing, Jason. But um, it's just being stronger. Um, yeah, yeah. And Mauricio, talk to me. It's one thing to be a leader of people. And then it's another thing to be the CEO, where the buck truly stops with you. What was the biggest thing you needed to learn about being a CEO to be successful? So to me, the uh, so I in, in my in my corporate job I had been a leader, uh, but at CEO, it's it's really uh, the biggest um, challenge that I faced or learning was how to raise capital and how mm. to uh, face investors. Uh, because on the one hand, yes, you are uh, the boss in your in your team, but then your best your investors become your boss, and of course you have the board of directors that are also oversee you. But really, the investors uh, it, it can be challenging, it can be daunting, it can be intimidating uh, when you go out to raise capital and when when they give you the money. At the end of the day, they you realize that they they want to succeed and 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 they're they're. They behave as, as as your team, but it, it was for me was the the biggest challenge was raising capital, and learning how to uh, uh, work uh, along with my investors mm. uh, and 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 guide them through our uh, roadmap uh, and getting their their buying. Uh, and a lot of them have really good advice. Uh, so I think the other thing that I learned uh, in this, Jason, is that um, you might think you're the expert, but having been open to um, other ideas, and especially uh, investors who have funded a lot of different different businesses. With there's some things that apply to across a lot of different industries, and just being open to that, then 
and and time has taught me to be open to that. Initially, I was not, but now I believe I am a bit a bit more open than than the past. Yeah, yeah. And what was that moment that you realized? Oh wow! Not only are these folks funding me, but they've got all of this great, you know, advice and experience and insights from other businesses that can help. I think one great moment was during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, we were very lucky that we did not have to close our business because we were essential. We we're health. And I got a call from one of my investors and I said, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Uh, (laughs) And what he said was companies grow in the times of crisis. So this is your time to grow. This is when you need to expand. So that was a pivotal moment in the middle of the pandemic when everyone is thinking that they're going to close. Here we are getting energy from an investor saying, no, just don't even think about that. Just grow. Uh, so that was that was uh, it was a, it was a pretty interesting moment. Um, it was another defining moment in my career. Yeah, and I love that whole notion of it's like these inflection points that as business leaders we realize like everything's changing and and we have an opportunity to actually make things better, right? Like we can actually serve better. Now, Mauricio, I love that you kind of talked about you know the the biggest challenge or the biggest learning was about influencing and working and partnering with your funders. And so much of that as an entrepreneur is about your brand, right? Because you're really a a steward of your business's brand. So talk to me a little bit about your brand as a co-founder and a CEO. Give me three words that you or others would use to describe brand Mauricio Simbeck. So I think the three words, uh, Jason, would be uh, building trust. I think that that's one. Uh, secondly, being transparent. And mm. third, being optimistic. Uh, building trust, uh, and especially with, with our community, um, that a lot of them have migrated to the U.S. Um, and been through a very difficult uh, process. Uh, and they're here, uh, some of them, uh, in the shadows. And yeah. so how can you build the trust with, with that group that, they're hardworking people. Uh, they deserve our respect, uh, and and we need to give them a beautiful shopping experience with great products, great service uh, for for you to gain their trust. So I think yeah. trust is uh, trust is, is is one of them. Uh, be transparent. I mean, I I would have learned at the HEB uh, from my mentors, where Ken uh, Allen was again that person who would share P and Ls with me, the profit and loss statements and just being very transparent this is where the company is and and of course there are things that you cannot disclose and but i we do i do the same with with my people just being true transparent this is this is where the company is yeah. you know, we're making money we're losing money this store is making money this store mm. is not making money just sharing as much uh information as possible and teaching them because one thing is to share but if you share something that they do not understand it's like in a sense like not sharing at all so <laughs> yeah. you, need to, you need to you need to you need to, uh, uh, of course, teach them what what what's what is the P and L, what is what's revenue, what's cost of goods sold, what's gross profit, and then, and then lastly, um, I think they, they they see me as, as someone who's very positive. Um, I'm always have all these ideas uh, to innovate, um, and oftentimes they I might have too many ideas, and they they're the ones who tell me, "Hey, you want to test?" Because every time again, you you mentioned that I'm on the on the field. Uh, the communities and yes, I'm I'm always looking to, to other retailers to get ideas. So I might be going to a restoration restoration hardware. Who who I don't know. Do you know? But now they're, they're yeah. coffee shops and some other flagship stores. 
And yeah, they're the like so they're like glamour like destinations, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so then I say, hey, why wouldn't Milagros uh, do the same? And and so I start I start dreaming. Hey, why don't mm. we also in our stores offer more services? Can we offer health? Can we healthy juices and and healthy food? Uh, can so I, I just start dreaming, and then my team brings me down. And said that's great, but let's let's keep <laughs> executing and and those store openings and and, and just the day to day. But so I'm a very again very I think positive, optimistic person, Jason. So those are the three words um, uh, that that I, that I think that they, they would describe about me. Yeah, and so I love that trust, being transparent, and being optimistic and and positive. Now, Mauricio, have those been? Has that been kind of your brand throughout your life and career, or how have those changed over time? So I think early, so early on in my career, I think it was. I think trust has always been there, um, and um, but but transparent. Oftentimes, I thought that in in, in Mexico. And there's a big divide between being a boss and being an employee. Yeah. Uh, so that transparency is not there. Um, so I did not grow up with that. I that, I remember this boss uh, that I the, that I had. Um, again, his name was Alfonso. He Alfonso would not like to share uh, any numbers with 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 me mm. at all uh, because uh, he was the boss and I was the employee, and, and he, <laughs> would not, he would not he would not do that. Then I come to the U.S. when uh, it's 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 it, it's taught that if you share information, then the famous word of course is you empower people. So um, I learned at, 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 at business school uh, and and of course at, at HEB that uh, if you share information, it could be very powerful. And then of course yeah. there's things things that you might not uh, share, uh, but the the the, the transparency, uh, Jason, has been definitely something that I that I've incorporated over the past two years and, it, and it, it's helping me tremendously uh, in, in our company. Yeah. Now, Mauricio, tell me when you were a kid growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I want to be a politician and that's why ah. I went to law school. So I have one of my uh, uh, a godfather back in Mexico. He, his name is, uh, was Mario Guerra. He was a you know, candidate for the presidency of, uh, in Mexico in wow. the eighties. Uh, so I have this person who I really admire really close to, to my father and my mom and us, um, who was a candidate for the presidency and say, I want to be like him. And he had attended, uh, law school in Mexico city. And so I said, that's what, it, that's what I want to do. So I ended up getting my, my law degree at, uh, at, uh, in Mexico city. And then as I mentioned earlier, I realized that the business world to me was more attractive, more fun, more dynamic. Mexico was going through this phase of all these imports, uh, and it was opening our trade with the U.S. and Asia and Europe. And and then I was then I began traveling to the U.S., traveling to Europe, and it was super fun. So um, uh, then I, I switched. I switched to to the business world. Yeah. Now, uh, earlier you talked a little bit about deciding to become an entrepreneur and launching Milagros because you realized that you could help your people, right? Help your community without relocating to Mexico. So talk to me, how would you define your core purpose or your core belief as a, as a person and a leader? So I think my core belief is that we're all equal. And it sounds that uh, we oftentimes they see immigrants uh, as, as not being equal to the people mm. who are here. And I just want to change that. 
Um, and the, one of the ways that I can influence that is by us being healthy, the us being the Latinx community, and not being a drag in the U.S. society. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, of course, if, if, if we are not healthy, then we might become that drag in the healthcare system. So what I want to do is not it's just that I, that I help people be healthy so we're not dragging, that we're, we're adding to the U.S. economy. We're not subtracting. Of course, we're, we're, we're adding a lot. I mean, we're, we're working yeah. hard. We're paying our taxes, the sales taxes, and, and many other taxes. Uh, again, we're filling jobs that uh, a lot of people do not want to do. Uh, but, the, to, if, but we're not as healthy as, as other groups. So if I can help uh, the Latinx community to be healthier, whether, whether it's just uh, eating better, exercising, uh, supplements, uh, but it's, it's more about nutrition. Uh, I think we, and not just me, but my team is doing an amazing job. And now, Jason, we're offering medical services. So the new thing that we have at Milagros is we began uh, offering in selected locations medical services uh, which, through Milagros Medical. And and, and this these are services that are affordable for, for our community, uh, you don't need to have insurance, Jason. So it's, it's called it's a, you pay to see a provider in your language. These are providers who speak uh, Spanish. Of course, they're perfectly bilingual. They're, of course, they're, they're trained here in the U.S. Uh, we do lab work. Uh, so we, we can do uh, blood works and, and other types of uh, works. And then we also do, pres- do prescription medicine at the, at the clinic. So we are really a, a full medical destination and or health destination for some of our Customers who, if they have something basic, they can use, use a tea or a supplement. But if they have something more complex, they can go to the back of, 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 of the store and see a provider. And, of course, this is not new. Uh, I'll mention, of course, Walgreens and CVS. They are doing that with their, with their own small clinics in some locations. So we're doing the same. Uh, but, again, of course, we go to, to the Latino communities we're deep in in the in the in the mission district in San Francisco or in Fruitville in Oakland. We're in, in LA, we're in Cudahy. So we go to the heart of, of, of the community and open a location there so people can have uh, so we can be very accessible for them to to visit us and for them to improve uh, their health. Yeah. And I know so much about, you know, great branding is knowing who your core target audience is, right? And and your super fans and who you want to super serve. So obviously the Latinx community is not a monolith. Within the Latinx community, who's really your target and who do you super serve? Yeah. Um, so initially it, it was uh, Mexican-Americans, Latino, Latinx of Mexican descent. But now, Jason, it's been very interesting uh, as there's more migration from from um, people from Central and Latin America. Uh, we are serving, we are serving them. They feel really comfortable visiting visiting our stores and our medical clinics um, because it's their language. They, there's really um, Mexico is well. It's, it's a country that is well loved in, in Central America and in South America. So people from Colombia, from Venezuela, from Nicaragua, El Salvador. They're, they're, they're visiting our stores in California and Texas and our clinics here in California. We've been uh, smart and have been offering more products from, from those countries. So uh, we have vitamins and supplements from, from Central America, from South America. So if you are from Colombia, you walk into our store, you, re- you recognize products from Colombia or from Venezuela or from El Salvador. So, that, so we're gaining the trust, not just of, of the Mexican-Americans, but also of of, of other of new immigrant of newer immigrants, um, yeah. uh, so it's it's it, it's shifting in 
And again, we and we welcome, of course, everyone. You don't have to be Latino to walk into one of our stores here in California and Texas. And, and we get very uh, good uh, kudos from, from non-Latinos that we have in a just beautiful, clean, well-lit, uh, organized, uh, and well-stocked stores. Yeah. And so it sounds like, Mauricio, even your your brand words of of trust, transparency and being being positive actually translate into the design and the product mix of your own stores. Right. It's intentional that people walk in and see brands that they grew up with in their home country. Right. And that that it's bright and and clean and airy gives that sense of optimism. That's probably one of the reasons why they came to the U.S. Right. Correct. So, Mauricio, I know we could talk forever. I have a couple of uh, fun, quick-fire questions for you. Sure. We've been talking all about your brand and the uh, brand of uh, Milagros. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without? Huh. I love I love cupcakes. Ah. Um, so, I... <laughs> So I have two answers. One, I love cupcakes. Um, there's a brand called Sprinkles Cupcakes. Yes, uh, they are. They're amazing. Uh, I think they've done a very nice job of having consistency across all their locations. Uh, to me, their their branding is just it's impeccable. So I think I would have to say uh, that's uh, that's that's one. And you can get um, a cupcake from an ATM at Sprinkles too, right? <laughs> That is correct. Uh, I think the other one, I, I love coffee as well. And the Blue Bottle has done a very mm. nice job of just keeping things uh, very, very simple, elegant. I, lo- I, lo- I love their colors. Uh, again, to me, it's it's detail, detail, detail that I, that I like when I when I visit a, um, a a retail location. Whether it could be again, it could be a, a bakery shop or it could be a coffee shop. But I just I like uh, all the attention to detail. So those are my two favorite. Uh, uh, brands here in the U.S. Awesome. Now, Mauricio, if you were a car, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I th- I'll be uh, I'll be a, a, a Prius, and the other I'll be a Prius because I want to be just very efficient. Uh, I like being the mix of just being sort of nice, but not too nice. Uh, and, and a Prius <laughs> is, uh, to me is that. I mean, of course, it's, it's not it's not nice at all. It's not it's not, it's not a Tesla or or whatever fancy a Jaguar. Um, but nevertheless, it's it's on the nicer end. But it's very it's very practical. So I like to be that just just a very practical per- person who can who can be fancy, but also can be uh, not fancy at all at, at any given moment. Yes. And finally, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? So uh, surrounding you yourself with, with, uh, with, with one with mentors. I mentioned Ken Allen, who was a great mentor at, at HEB. I mentioned Linda Applegate at, at, uh, at my school. Uh, and, but but, but it's just a mentor, but also peers that are going through the same journey Having peers, uh, Jason, it's to me it's critical. So mentors, uh, uh, I would say it's important, but but peers is critical, and you can open up about your uh, fears. Um, I have one of the, uh, of course, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always uh, feeling or, or thinking that you will uh, fail, uh, and that it's good and bad. Of course, it's bad because it's not who, who wants to fail, but it's good because it keeps you going and keeps you on your on your in your toes. Uh, and and keeps you just always being aware. Just uh, mentors and peers, Jason, would be my advice. 
Awesome. Well, Mauricio Simbeck, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. It was great talking to you. Now, tell us if people want to learn more about Milagros de Mexico, where should they go? Well, they can always go to our website, milagrosinmexico.com uh, and, and milagrosmedical.com. Those are our two lines of businesses. Um, and of course, they're welcome to visit our stores. We have stores in the Bay Area in Northern California, in LA, and then in Houston, Texas. And we have uh, clinics here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mauricio. It was great talking to you. Uh, thanks, Jason. All the best for this year. I wish you, uh, you, I wish you nothing but success. You too. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Mauricio Simbeck, the CEO and founder of Milagros de Mexico and Milagros Medical. You know, Mauricio shared so many great stories and so much great advice, but at the core of it, I love that Mauricio's brand and his business brand has all been about super serving and finding a niche, not just with the Latinx and Latino community, but very specifically with a particular consumer in that in a way that he can super serve them, surprise, and delight them. And it really brings me back to my best career advice. At the end of the day, you've got to find a hole and fill it. And that's what Mauricio did. He found a underserved community that had a challenge and a problem, and he went in and filled that pothole and made it easy for them. So as you look forward to this year in 2024 and you're looking for that next career breakthrough, what are some of those potholes in the road that you can fill that are going to add value? Now, I caution you because there's tons of potholes in the road, so you don't want to just go out filling everything. You want to look for the ones that if you fill, they are going to create a smoother ride, add value, and create impact for your career audience, your super fans. Well, if you loved what you heard today, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll get you a brand new show every single week. Now check out our Lead With Your Brand New Year Challenge, where we are helping you kick off 2024 to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Check us out at jasonpatria.com slash new year, where you can download all of your tools and worksheets for free. Plus, you can catch up on weeks one and two of January. Now, follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. And most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, 
personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.